You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or maybe overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. Instead of entering the NFL, they joined another league, the League of, Profe- of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find him on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Today is Dynasty Value Study Day. We're going to talk uh, about a couple rookies. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, I guess they're both named Justin. So we'll get into the current value of Justin Jefferson and Justin Herbert later in the episode, I want to start, though, with another rookie quarterback, not Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavaloa. We saw him make his debut in, in garbage time against the Jets on Sunday, and then on Tuesday, he was named the Dolphins starter. Of course, the Dolphins are on bye in Week 7, so we'll wait uh, until Week 8 to see him, but when they're back on the field, it will be Tua under center, Ryan Fitzpatrick to the bench. What's your take on that move? There's a lot of ways of looking at it. I think it's really interesting. Is It was great to see Tua on a football field. I mean, we haven't seen that since Bama when he got hurt. And he's obviously healthy and there's no concerns there. We made you know a, a lot of talk about that, obviously, around draft time. Um, they're 3-3. Three and three, And with the, with the new playoff system and the way the AFC is sitting, they got a shot at the postseason. And this move doesn't mean that they have no chance to go now all of a sudden. But I think they're a big-picture organization and realize this is probably the best move to get where they ultimately want to be and, and build a real Super Bowl contender. Um, I wonder if when, you know, back before, right around when the season started, if they targeted the bye week as a good time to make this transition, you know, get to know the player, give them more and more practice reps, and give them two weeks to prepare for the next opponent. You know, maybe this was sort of preordained in a way. Um, but Fitzpatrick's played well. I mean, he's kept them very competitive. He's put up a lot of fantasy numbers. Not the coaches care about that. But he still puts the ball in harm's way a fair amount. And I wonder, like, when when practice is going on and the players on the field and in the locker room leave the practice field, do they all look at each other and be like, two is better? You know, kind of like what's going on with the Chargers. They look around and say, let's get the kid in there. He's better than our guy. Yeah, yeah, I wonder that as well. And I guess I am surprised. Obviously, we knew this was coming sooner or later. Uh, I am surprised, though, that with that 3-3 three and three record and, and you know, honestly still certainly in contention for a playoff spot, I'm surprised they would make the move so early. So I think what you say about maybe having that planned out uh, for their for the first game after the bye, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, regardless of the situation, I'm excited to see Tua. We have seen Justin Herbert play well. We'll get into into his value soon. We've seen Joe Burrow put up some big fantasy numbers and throw a ton of passes. Uh, so it'll be good to have all uh, all of the big three rookie quarterbacks 
uh, on the field and and uh, seeing some action, gaining some dynasty value, I'm sure as well. Matt, let's get into that dynasty value study. We'll start with Justin Jefferson, and we've talked a lot about these young wide receivers uh, on the show the past several weeks. Uh, DK, of course, and CD Lamb and um, AJ Brown, and I've I've said several times how aggressive I am with valuing these young players uh, highly, ranking them highly. And uh, Justin Jefferson, it kind of feels like has, has snuck up on me as of, um, as of, uh, I guess a week or so ago, I still had him outside of my top 30 wide receivers in dynasty. Um, he, he had the one big blow up game back in week two, uh, seven catches, 175 yards, and a touchdown. He was wide receiver two in that game. Um, and, and he's certainly been getting more involved after basically hardly even playing in the first couple weeks. Uh, that wide receiver two game, wide receiver 28, followed it up in week four with another 100-yard game. And then in week six, we get another blow-up game, mostly in garbage time, uh, albeit. But he did end the week as the wide receiver one, Nine catches, 166 yards, and two touchdowns, and, and the value has uh, has gone through the roof on Justin Jefferson. Talk to me about what you've seen uh, with him so far this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's very impressive, and I regret that I was lower on him coming out of LSU than I should have been. You know, I, I thought that some of his massive production was system and burrow-driven, not that I ever thought he was a bad prospect or an NFL team shouldn't use a first-round pick on him. I thought he was a first-round pick all day long. But I thought he was pretty much designated to the slot. Not as explosive as he has shown in a Vikings uniform. I mean, I didn't see the big play ability to this degree. But he's really good. Uh, um, I wonder, you know, as we get into the study, I'll probably still be a little biased and lean against him as... Uh, you know, kind of like we talked about yesterday with C.D. Lamb. Am I am I totally in 100% quite yet? Maybe not after, what, six games? But, boy, he's impressive. Vikings fans should be super excited about him. I mean, he's a very good player. Yeah, and really, I've, I've heard that same, kind of that same comparison. If we're this high on C.D. Lamb, if C.D. Lamb is the wide receiver one or two, or if, if he's a top five wide receiver in Dynasty and uh, many people seem to be putting him there, of course, myself included. Uh, then then maybe Justin Jefferson should be there as well. Uh, I was going to ask you that. What do you really think the difference is between the two, you know? Uh, Value-wise, I mean, I would I would have said it's not much. Um, we'll, we'll get into the Twitter polls soon. Yeah. Uh, but as always, I was surprised by those. I, I, I feel like I have a good handle on, on the value of a lot of these players. Uh, I, I look at ADP. I look at trades that are happening every single day. Uh, and, and then these polls uh, just just wreck what I think about these, <laughs> these players. So uh, you can never predict uh, Dynasty Twitter, that's for sure. Uh, let's look at, at some of the data from DLF. His DLF ranking is wide receiver 15. Uh, he's being valued around Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans. Uh, he's in front of Terry McLaurin. I was kind of surprised by that. Mm. Um, and uh, Allen Robinson is is close behind him as well. The DLF ADP, that, so this took place uh, early October, uh, so certainly before his, his huge game just last week. 
Um, but even then, he was the wide receiver 22 at that point, being drafted around Jerry Judy, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, and DJ Chark. So that's kind of the company he was keeping uh, even two weeks ago, and that has, that has already changed. Yeah, I mean, the ADP study that you show, you know, he's, he stands out as who you would take out of that group, I think, even including Judy. But the DLF ranking you were talking about at 15, that's rich neighborhood. I mean, I, I get it, but that's rich company. I mean, I really like McLaurin and A-Rob. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. So the, the ADP data, um, I think he's moved on from that group. But to value him ahead of McLaurin, I was, I was surprised to see um, Galladay and Evans just, just ahead of him. Uh, both of those guys, honestly, have, have disappointed this season. Uh, I mean, Evans is putting up a ton of touchdowns, but uh, that's about it. Uh, only, only a few recent trades and maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. No trades since that game on Sunday. So we've had, uh, we're a few days removed now from that game has not been traded in any of the leagues that we track, which is, uh, close to 5,000 dynasty leagues. People are holding on tight to him. There were a couple of trades, uh, prior to the game. So just to kind of give a value, uh, an idea of where the value was, Heading into week six, Justin Jefferson and Debo Samuel for Michael Thomas and Steven Sims. So we've got basically Jefferson and Debo for Thomas and a throw-in. Is that a deal that you would do right now? I want the young guy side. And I'm trying not to be Michael Thomas is out of sight, out of mind. I, I think I had him as my third or fourth dynasty wide receiver overall. But Debo looks really good, too. I mean, that's a different conversation. He looks explosive and healthy and back. And you kind of get a two-for-one here. I'm not saying Jefferson or Debo will ever turn into Thomas. But that's not the craziest thing that would ever come out of your mouth. Yeah, I think I would I think I think would probably agree with that. Um, I'm kind of a, a little leery of, of Debo Samuel this year. Uh, it almost feels like, and I know he's he's been banged up himself, uh, but just watching the 49ers, it feels like Brandon Ayuk, uh, outside of George Kittle, it feels like Brandon Ayuk is really their top target in that mm-hmm. offense. So uh, at the very least, Samuel and, and Ayuk are, are on even footing, I would say. This next trade, I, d- I don't know what to think of the value. Actually, I do know what to think of the value. I-, I love the value for the team getting Jefferson here. And this is a move that I try to pull from time to time. This is the the Jimmy Johnson trade. Uh, somebody traded their entire 2021 rookie draft first, second, third, fourth, and fifth rounder for Justin Jefferson. And when you make that offer and you're including all of those draft picks, you can have, you say you can have every pick I've got next year. So the Ricky Williams trade. Yeah. Right. Right. It, yeah. yeah. I said, Jimmy Johnson, that was, that was, uh, that was another giant trade. I didn't want to stop you in your tracks there. That was another huge trade for Herschel Walker, but th- that's yeah, right. I mean, that wasn't quite yeah. the same trade. Yeah. This was, this was Ditka. That's what I was thinking of. Um, yeah. Ditka for, for Ricky Williams, but, um, yeah, this is, this move looks, uh, this offer looks a lot more impressive than, than it really is. Uh, I mean, right, would, you, right. would you trade? You're basically talking about a first and a second, and the other picks are just um, shots in the dark. Honestly, we we like to stack those those late round picks, but the odds still aren't great on them. Uh, so Jefferson for a first and a second, and, and some extra picks 
is an easy move to make. Great trade there for the team getting Jefferson. You're right, though. It's a it's a cute trick to play, though. So when I offer it to you, you open it in your inbox and be like, ooh, five picks in a row, all from Matt Williamson or whoever the name of your team is. Like, wow, they're going to give me the whole draft. But you're not really getting much out of it. I mean, the third's worth very little. The fourth and fifth are worth nothing. I mean, even if I was a bad team, I mean, if I was a two-win dynasty team right now, I'll still give you my entire draft for Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. All right, let's get on to the Twitter polls. We'll start at the top. Uh, the top is not quite so sad. We do have C.D. Lamb. We talked about Lamb versus Jefferson. Uh, I thought this would be closer. C.D. Lamb gets 75% of the vote, uh, so people easily still preferring Lamb to Jefferson. Kenny Galladay also uh, was favored over Jefferson, much closer, 52% for Galladay. I uh, talked about uh, his his kind of slow start. He he was injured. Yeah. Uh, the He's Lions not that young either. Right, right. That one that one surprised me. There were there's several players here below Jefferson in these polls that I would uh, I would take uh, over Galladay. So that that one uh, I don't know. Maybe we got Lions fans in on that poll or something to to skew things. But Galladay mm-hmm. uh, takes the poll over Justin Jefferson. And that is it. Jefferson is favored over all the rest of the wide receivers in this poll, including Stefan Diggs at 46%. Terry McLaurin, we've talked about him a little bit already, 43%. DJ Moore at 41%. And for the record, I'm surprised that Diggs uh, got a larger percentage than both McLaurin and DJ Moore. Uh, Allen Robinson also at 41%. And then we see a, a bit of a drop Jefferson easily favored over Amari Cooper, 30%. Mike Evans, 23%. Jerry Judy, 18%. And coming up last, my boy, the guy we talked about last week, Juju Smith. Don't you put him in there. Put up. Yeah, I know. I know. I keep I keep punishing <laughs> myself. 10%. 10%. That's all he that's all he gets. Uh that's that's really just all my uh all my fake accounts. That's all that was. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right, so so Jefferson easily, like I said, favored over most of these wide receivers. Obviously, the value is on the way up. Let's kind of get to the bottom line here, Matt. Uh, seeing where Jefferson's value is based on the rankings, the ADP, uh, some recent trades, and the Twitter polls, if you've got Jefferson on your team right now, are you selling? I'm listening. Uh, I mean, the trades we've laid out aren't great ones because your point was really strong that I don't think anybody's shopping him that owns him right now, so he's not getting traded very often in the world of Dynasty. But if I can get DJ Moore in something, McLaurin in something, Allen Robinson in something, and Mike Evans and a nice something, I mean, I'm all ears on that kind of move. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, uh, Several of those players below him, I would be... uh, Potentially taking straight up uh, McClure and DJ Moore. Right. I, th- I think those are more in the, in line of kind of where he should be valued right now. Uh, but if I could get something on top of those guys, Amari Cooper, um, Jerry Judy, and, and yes, I'm, I'm definitely still buying Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think I don't think he's retiring anytime soon. He's he's got a <laughs> no. still got a bright Hold career ahead of him. Yeah. Um, so getting any of those guys with something on top is a, a pretty wise move. Matt, when we come back from break, we will dive into Justin Herbert, the other rookie Justin, and see what his value is looking like.
All right, we are back. We just talked about the new dynasty value of Justin Jefferson, the uh, wide rookie wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. And now let's talk about Justin Herbert, the rookie quarterback for the Chargers. Really just got thrown into the into the mix on week two, that, that crazy story uh, that involved Tyrod Taylor basically uh, getting injured or uh, from, from the team doctor, right? Yeah. Yes, it, it does almost feel like sabotage. He's uh, once once the season's over, he's probably going to make a make a few extra bucks somehow, one one way <laughs> right, or another. Right. Um, but uh, Herbert gets thrown into the lineup. It was a shock to everybody, including him, on week two, and and he almost pulls off the win. He's the quarterback thirteen in his first start ever, uh, over three hundred yards, a touchdown. He also ran for a touchdown in that game. And really has has only improved from there. He he did have a quarterback twenty game the next week, but still threw for three hundred and thirty yards and a score. Week four, he's the quarterback nine, throws three touchdowns. Week five, he's the quarterback four and throws four touchdowns. And, and then he was on by uh, this past week, and that's really why I wanted to I uh, wanted to look at take a look at Herbert here. In so many of these polls, and Justin Jefferson included. Uh, I, I get people telling me that this is just an example of recency bias. And first of all, I get that. Second of all, it, it's true. And third of all, we should be taking advantage of that. So if if it's recency bias that people would prefer Justin Jefferson to Terry McLaurin, then go make the offer, right? Go yeah, take right. advantage of it. Because uh, just saying it's recency bias doesn't mean it, it's not real or it's not uh, something we should be um, using to make our teams better. Right. So, uh, because of that though, I, I did want to, I wanted to take a week. So Herbert sat out last week, his team was on by, uh, but he is coming off, uh, of back-to-back top 10, uh, seasons at the, or weeks, I'm sorry, at the position and has been so impressive. His DLF ranking is quarterback 10. Uh, he's behind Joe Burrow and Jared Goff in front of Aaron Rodgers and Tua, who we talked about earlier. Uh, and DLF ADP, quarterback 16, a little bit further down again. That's uh, beginning of October. He's had he's had those two big games since then. I'm sure he'll be climbing up uh, in our November data. What have you thought of what you've seen from Justin Herbert so far? I adore him. <laughs> I mean, I used to work, always say I was smitten with Carson Wentz. I, I have that same feeling with Herbert right now. The tools are... Josh Allen-like, but better accuracy. I think his poise is really outstanding. I like his situation for the most part. Every time I watch him, I like him more and more. If we were having a dynasty startup right now, I think I would take him extremely high and obviously more so in Superflex, but that goes without saying. Um, Just kind of scanning down this document you put together... I think he's got a lot more value than the public's even on at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and and again, we'll get into the we'll get into the poll, the Twitter poll soon. Let's look at some recent trades though, because some of these surprised me. Um, not not in favor of Herbert either. Uh, Justin Herbert for Lamar Jackson, even up in a super flex league. What is happening, Matt? <laughs> well. That's a little crazy to me. I mean, everything I just said kind of goes out the window on that one. Like, it, Lamar is awesome. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, we, I mean, I, you see these trades, and again, these trades are all actual trades that are happening mm-hmm. from Dynasty Leagues hosted on My Fantasy League. You can use the trade finder on DynastyLeagueFootball.com to look for yourself. But you see a trade like that, and you think, okay, that was one crazy trade. Maybe it's a Chargers fan. Maybe uh, who knows what happened. It's just not a very good owner. <laughs> you know? But then, then I see another one. Justin Herbert and Brian Edwards for Lamar Jackson and KJ Hamler. Again, Which is the same super thing. Flex league. It's basically the same thing. I, I, like, <laughs> right, right. I like Edwards more than Hamler, but we're, Fine, we're nitpicking but, here. Right, right. right. I, I don't yeah. get it. I mean, all that tells me is I should put an offer in for Lamar in every league. Yeah, maybe maybe that's we we did do the Lamar Jackson dynasty value study last week, and all of our data showed that he's still carrying a ton of value. Uh, maybe that has changed in a week, but right, yeah, maybe someone's get, unhappy get your with him. That owns him. Right, right, that's get, all it tells me. It's no knock on Herbert. I just said glowing things about Herbert, but if that's all it cost me to get Lamar for the next ten years in my superflex league, yeah, that's fine with me. I think the other three deals we've got here are uh, much more uh, representative of, of Herbert's actual value and, and current value. Herbert, for a first-rounder, that's in a one-quarterback league. I would not be paying a first-rounder in a single-quarterback league for Herbert. Uh, I no. do want him on my roster, but I'm not giving up that first-rounder, especially with that, that 2021 class already looking pretty strong. Uh, Herbert, for a second and a third-rounder, that's more like it. Probably willing to do that. Uh, I think he's, of course, he's he's at a minimum going to cost you a second. And if if your trade partner says throw in a third, then you're probably going to throw in a third. So that's that's very even value. And the last one is from a super flex league, Herbert for Baker Mayfield and Henry Ruggs, which at this point is really just for Henry Ruggs, right? And, and you want well, you want super Herbert. Flex, so- Baker has value. Oh. I think he's. I think he's really bad, though. Oh, he's. It's. He, he's losing value every day. Oh, uh, so fast. I, I would want that. Uh, I would want that Herbert side uh, over. Yes, Baker me too. And I over agree. Henry Ruggs. Pretty. Easy. I 100 percent agree. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to the Twitter polls. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 84 percent easy favorite over Justin Herbert. Is it that easy for you still? It is. I think Watson's okay. awesome. Yes. Dak Prescott, seventy six percent over Justin no. Herbert. Yeah, that's that's what I thought as well. And and of course, obviously, if if Dak had not uh, suffered that injury, I, I probably wouldn't have even included him in this group. He was uh, looking like a, a top three uh, dynasty quarterback. But we have to be realistic with this this serious injury. Not only is he out for the remainder of the season. Uh, but his his future is up in the air, not only because of the injury, but because of his contract status as well. So even more than a typical player that suffers that that season-ending injury, there's questions about Dak. Now, I would certainly be buying him in a super flex league. Uh, really, in, in all formats, I would be buying him if I got the chance to buy low. But I don't think I'm using Justin Herbert to do it. I'm I'm not quite ready to rank Herbert over Dak. Heads up, but I thought it would be a lot closer than that. I'm ready to rank Herbert over Dak, just because I, okay. I hope Dak yeah. comes back next year and looks exactly like he did, but that's 
not a sure bet. I mean, the contract thing doesn't worry me so much. I, I, I think they'll franchise him or they'll do something to keep him around or whatever. But the injury and the lack of use for the rest of the season, to me, sorry, it's, I'm being cold here, but I'm going to take Herbert over Dak, and he's noticeably younger. Right, right. Uh, Herbert did uh, easily win the polls against everybody else uh, that we included. Uh, Tua Tungavaloa, 31%. Uh, again, just a couple of weeks ago, even though he had not played, Tua was ranked and, and valued ahead of Herbert according to most. So we've seen that flip and, and I understand that I flipped my own rankings. I, I moved Herbert ahead of Tua. And now, as we already talked about earlier, Tua will get his chance. We'll see how he does. Aaron Rodgers, 18%. Real quick on Tua. I mean, I'm sure that sure. news is just so fat, so recent that it's, it's hard to really judge, but Tua and, Her- and Herbert to me, I still want Herbert, but it's a little bit of a conversation, but I mean, what if Miami ends up with Jamar Chase next year? You know what I mean? Like, they have two first-round picks. Like, yeah, they're going to put they stuff around to a... Right, right. Absolutely. You, you do look... I mean, you look at Burrow, you look at um, at Herbert, and they've already got the weapons around them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hoping Miami does that, which, honestly, I, I trust them to do. I, I'm, I've been Me impressed too. by that team build so far. Uh, but, but hoping and, and expecting them to, to do, do that... Is different than the Chargers and Bengals already having uh, offensive weapons for their rookies. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, eighteen percent, not a not a big surprise. Carson Wentz, thirteen. Goff, ten percent. Little surprised by that one, but again, we're we're probably nitpicking. Matthew Stafford, nine percent. Cam Newton, seven percent. Uh, no real surprises here. And just looking mm-hmm. at some of these names, we we had this quarterback conversation a few weeks ago with. I think we had the big, uh, the big seven at that point. And, uh, you know, we're talking Russell Wilson and Watson and, and Dak was in that obviously Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, uh, and Josh Allen, I think we had included, but yeah, our conversation centered around after these guys, it's a huge drop off because Wentz is disappointed and golf has been inconsistent and, uh, Rogers and Cam are getting right. right, Rogers and Cam are getting older. So, it, it just just looking at this these polls and and rankings and ADP, it makes me realize how badly as dynasty players we needed Herbert and Burrow and Tua. We needed those guys, yeah, good point. Uh, and that's why they're already being valued as quarterback ones. Uh, re- really, before they even took a snap, I, I was ranking at least Burrow and and Tua in that low end quarterback one range before the season even started. And certainly all three of them are there now. Do you think Herbert versus Burrow is a conversation? Yes. Yeah. I was actually yeah. on, uh, uh, on another podcast with, uh, our buddy Jeff T Fertiller earlier. And the question was, which, which rookie quarterback has played the best. And I think I, I've still got Burrow ranked higher in dynasty, but to me, it's pretty easily Justin Herbert that has played the best so yeah, far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I would also have Burrow ahead of him because I liked him more to begin with. He's passed all my tests. Burrow's also a very good athlete. Who do you think has more running potential? Who do you think scores more points as a runner for fantasy in their career? Between the three? I guess the three. I wasn't even including two, but I think they're yeah. all pretty comparable. Yeah, I do as well. I would say, uh, I would say probably Burrow. Smart Burrow. About it. Yeah, I was gonna but, say Burrow too. Yeah, I just remember Matt. Uh, 
the two of us got to go to the uh, to the NFL Combine this year and got to meet up there. And I remember just sitting there, sitting in the stands and watching uh, watching Herbert throw the ball around and 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 move, you know, in and out of the pocket. And and of course we're we're not talking about real defenses or any defense well, that he's right, facing. So. But just to see a guy throw how, live has a lot of value, right? And how fluid he was. Uh, I, I started to buy in uh, then and there, and, and I wish I, I wish I bought in a little bit harder. I didn't end yeah. up with uh, with very many shares. Matt, when we come back, we will finish up the show with a listener question. First, I want to tell everybody about, about Built Bar again. Built Bar has been a friend of the Lock On Network for a long time now. They are very popular in our household. Um, they have 18 amazing flavors and six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcotta, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. That's one I'm excited to try. And there's already, like I said, there's 12 already um, existing before these new ones coming out. They're covered in 100% chocolate. And I tell you guys this all the time. My wife's kind of a chocolate connoisseur. She hates bars that have like that plasticky chocolate over top of them. And she loves these. And they're they're soft. They're easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or, or gal for that reason or for that matter. Uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low cal, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. Um, for example, I mean, some of these um, different flavors are really interesting for me. Like cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. So, Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. you got to pay attention here. Um, while supplies last, they're also giving a free cooler away with purchase. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, all caps, and you get 20% off your next order. Use our promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Folks, it can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. I mean, usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves. But Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. I mean, how often have you used excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm just not feeling it, or, you know, it just is an easy subject to talk about. But Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. A healthy life includes a healthy sex life, but if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. If you want help with ED, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need. Uh, with Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will slip you the real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is very straightforward, simple, discreet, very easy. So getting started getting started is very simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. All 
Matt, we've got time for one listener question today. It comes from a buddy of mine, Shecky at Hey Shecky on Twitter. I just can't quit talking about this guy, so I had to squeeze this question in, Matt. Shecky says, I hate to ask, it hurts to ask, is Juju Smith-Schuster a sell in Dynasty now? Uh, he says, to put it another way, if we're at the bottom, or if Juju's at the bottom, we might as well hold and hope his value rebounds. Uh, if we think he can drop even more, we might want to get out now. Um, I think the value could drop more, potentially, if for no other reason than he was ranked so highly. I mean, even even coming into this year after last season, he was he was still valued as a top five dynasty wide receiver by some. But because we've talked so much Juju uh, on, on the past shows, I really want to think of this as, as kind of a broader topic. In general, these players that are underperforming and, and now in, in Smith-Schuster's case has given us a year plus of disappointing performances. Are you buying those guys? So others that come to mind, uh, Evan Ingram, uh, Zach Ertz, not, not necessarily disappointing last year, but certainly very disappointing and now injured this season. Um, let's see who else fits in that category. I mean, more recent, just this year, we're talking about, uh, T Y Hilton and AJ green. Of course, they've got, uh, they've got years on their uh, going against them, I guess, that, that some of these other players don't have. Uh, let's, let's focus on Ingram and, and Juju. We've seen flashes from certainly both of those players before. How do you recon- reconcile that when you, you've seen a player perform, you know he has the talent, he has the ability, but now for whatever reason it's just not working? Yeah, those names you mentioned, I think those two stand out because they're young and they still have a lot of ability. They're not declining athletes or anything like that. They look as good as ever running routes and they're just not producing. Um, I prefer, for their cost, Juju over Ingram. I worry he might be a career tease in, I'm not sure he's dedicated to the dirty work or is in a great organization. But at the right price, I would certainly buy him, though. I mean, I think there's a lot of ability there. As for Juju, I think now is probably the time to buy. I mean, he's coming off bad games. His stock has dropped. Um, I think there'll be a lot of... I bet he has a handful of really good games this year. And just of the nature of the Steeler receiving core, that some weeks Claypool's going to do nothing. Some weeks Juju's going to do nothing. It's just a lot of mouse to feed. And I always joke about that on my Steeler show that even though they're 5-0 and every Monday, we have some some people in Steeler Nation complaining about, well, why didn't Juju get more touches? Or why didn't this, you know, it's going to happen every Monday. But I don't think he'll be back next year. I think he's a very good football player, very young. And there's 15 to 20 teams in the league that would gladly take him and pay him a lot of money. And when that happens and it's going to happen, his stock's going to skyrocket. So even if you buy him now and sell him the day he signs his contract, you're going to make money on him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great point. And um, it's really easy to move Juju down your rankings. I've done that. Uh, It's really easy to. Was it easy for you? (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) it, it, it certainly hurt, uh, you know, and, and honestly, what, I mean, being, being totally honest here, I'm aggressive in moving guys like Juju up. And then 
it does make me think, okay, does that mean I, I shouldn't do this with DK Metcalf or AJ Brown or, or CD lamb? There's, yeah, uh, I hear it, you know, it, 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 it hurts not only that I invested and, and bought into that player, but now it's, he's kind of having ripple effects with other young wide receivers. Uh, but but we have seen all of those guys, at least to some degree, produce, and, and Juju certainly is still in that group. So I absolutely think he's a buy. Like you said, um, the, the price is dropping. And honestly, with, with Deontay Johnson, it looks like he'll be back soon. With, uh, with Claypool there, the price is going to drop more because Juju is going to have uh, several more quiet games or, or bad games this year and and he's going to pop and have that two touchdown game as well uh so just just find that right time to buy uh and and then we'll see where he lands next year that's starting to feel like the consensus i know you've been saying it for over a year now Mm -hmm. and he's a really good player though i mean this the steelers uh, he's replaceable with the way they've drafted and the guys they have around and they have capped issues so they're going to spend their money on elsewhere and um, he's going to go make a lot of money somewhere else and probably have a very good career. Yep, I hope so. I hope so. I need it. I bet, yeah. <laughs> Matt, that is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC 23 We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.